Hey Westside family, my name is Eric Johnson and I serve on the production team. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders, and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. Love you guys and enjoy. So we're talking today about how do I know the God of the Bible is real? So uh, uh, me and Lorana has shared our, our little story uh, when it came to Koa, and he was just really little in elementary school, and he was actually asking this question. Uh, he was going through some things, even as a just really young boy. Uh, he had a teacher that was not influencing him in the right way. Uh, long story short, uh, Koa uh, uh, began to develop quite a few warts on his hands, uh, and our beloved Pastor Ross just happened to notice them once in Santa Paula and said, Koa, you know, do you believe Jesus can heal you? And Pastor Ross prayed for him, and two weeks, 16 warts fell off his hand. And from that moment forward, my son has never, ever, ever questioned the reality of God of the Bible in his life. So I, I say, I start off to say, our children who are raised in church, who have faithful, God-fearing families, has these, can have these moments and these seasons in their life when, the, when them themselves question the reality and the identity of God. And it's so important that you as parents, you as family, we as an extended family, do what we need to do to express the reality of God not just with our children, but with, with, with our kids, our teenagers, family members, and even sometimes ourselves. So we're going to look at three areas today that uh, you can look at for some proof when it comes to uh, knowing that God is real. So we're going to look at these three, and I, I might be nipping and tucking. I don't want to wear you out today. Uh, so my goal is to get through this in about 20 minutes since we've already uh, hit, hit 11 o'clock. So go back, please. Not, not ready yet. Thank you. Uh, so we're going to talk about knowing God is real through creation, through the supernatural, and through people. So the first one is creation. Let me read to you some scripture. I love what Job is saying. Now, Job is being a bit poetic here uh, in his writing, uh, but it definitely gives you something to think about. Uh, in Job 12, verses 7 through 10, it says, But ask the animals, and they will teach you, or the birds in the sky, and they will tell you, or speak to the earth, and it will teach you, or let the fish of the sea inform you. Which of all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In his hand is the life of every creature and the breath of all mankind. So just looking at the earth, we begin to see a distinct order. And this order speaks that the earth was formed and created not by accident, but it was formed, created, and established by design, the, de the design of a higher power. Now, there is questions in the world today who that higher power is, 
And in our faith, that higher power is the God of the Bible, in which we declare and we believe wholeheartedly that he is the only God in the whole universe, or not beyond the universe, and it's through him that creation was made. But to really get an understanding of the order of creation and how intricate and how detailed uh, it is, that when it comes to some factors, just a little bit of change in, in the order of earth would create an in, a uninhabitable uh, world that we live in. For example, the composition of the atmosphere. The atmosphere is 21% oxygen. If oxygen was 25%, that's just 4% difference, fires would spontaneously combust, combust, excuse me. And if oxygen was only 15%, that is 6% different, then humans would suffocate. Another thing to consider is the situation and size of Jupiter. You know, we see all the movies about meteors crashing into the earth or the sun crashing into the earth and this going to be the last days because of this crazy natural disaster. Well, in all reality, asteroids and comets cannot hit the earth uh, in a way that it would destroy the earth because of what God did. So Jupiter, the planet Jupiter, is in the perfect orbit to act as a gravitational field that protects the earth from asteroids and comets. See, there's so much to the universe. There's so much to space. There's so much to the other planets when it comes to the oxygen or when it comes to gravity that God created the earth in such a fine, detailed order that we have to realize that this did not happen through the process of evolution and it did not happen via a big bang experience. But the universe is so detailed. And if there's any little changes that occur in certain aspects of the universe, the earth wouldn't be as it is today. And that is the byproduct of the hand of God creating a world in which you and I are able to live in. Another thing to consider when it comes to the order of the earth is the cycles, specifically the season. It doesn't matter what happens on the earth, seasons are going to change. Now, some places have some variance in seasons. We don't have a harsh winter here. I was telling someone a couple weeks ago uh, when I worked at, when I was a ranch hand in my 20s in Missouri, there was literal days when the windshield factor, I remember, and I remember seeing the digits, it's the coldest I ever worked in. It was literally 16 degrees below zero. I was taking care of horses. I I was not in a shelter. I was out in the cold taking care of horses in weather that was 16 degrees below zero. That don't happen in the San Joaquin Valley. Have you guys ever had 16 degrees below zero here? Have you had zero here? I mean, some say yes, some say no. Well, so there is variances, but regardless of the bit of variances that we have across the world, there is a guarantee that seasons are going to change. No matter what, there is going to be a type of summer, a type of fall, a type of winter, and a type of 
a spring. Again, it speaks to the order that God created the earth. So these seasons didn't occur by accident. They occurred by divine design. Another thing to look at is the animals. So just as a few examples, when it comes to the animals, the bears, specifically bears in certain uh, environments and habitats, uh, bears will always hibernate to a degree. They will go in a cave, they will go in a big, large type of hole in the ground, and they will hibernate through a certain time of the year, and then they will resurface. It was designed in them. It was created in them. God made them in such a way at a certain time of the year within a certain environment that they are going to sleep for a while. The elk, whether it be elk, white-tailed deer, black-tailed deer, moose, every uh, beginning of spring, they lose what we call antlers. Now, this is quite amazing. So if you uh, look at elk, their antlers can go three to four, maybe even five feet. I had a set of antlers that was uh, between three and four feet here uh, a while back. And what's amazing about their antlers is that when it comes to elk, when they start growing them again at the end of summer, they literally grow an inch a day. White-tailed deer will grow a quarter of an inch a day. Moose will grow even faster than both of them. It is an order that God created with the animals, and it just does not matter. If that is a, a buck for a whitetail, if that is a bull for an elk or a moose, day in or year in, year out, they are going to lose their antlers and they're going to regrow their antlers. It just doesn't matter. And it speaks to the divine design that God created the earth with. And then we have bees. We are very familiar with this. Bees pollinate. Bees allow for there to be growth on certain trees so that we can have certain types of food. God made them in such a unique way to pollinate things so that life can grow, so that food can come from vegetation and trees so that you and I can be sustained. Now, the last part when it comes to creation is earth's ability to sustain life. Earth creates food for animals and humans. Earth creates shelter, whether that be in the form of caves or whether that be in the form of wood that we as human beings have developed into lumber that we build our houses with. And through earth, there is also clothing, clothing from animal skins, clothing from cotton, clothing from hemp, clothing from other textiles that comes from the earth. My point is, the earth that we live in was not an accident. It was not an evolution of sort. It was a divine design by God who also divinely designed you and I to be able to live in this environment or on this earth for such a time as this. 
So if you really want to understand the reality of God or, 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 or come to uh, the, 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 the faith that, yes, God exists, I would encourage you to dive a little bit deeper into the Bible or into science combined with the Bible for you to maybe get some solidity when it comes to the existence of God. Now, the next area has to do with the supernatural. Romans 9, 17 says, For Scripture says to Pharaoh, I raised you up for this very purpose, that I might display my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Now, God was, the Bible here is speaking about Pharaoh, that God specifically chose Pharaoh to work through him with his supernatural power for all the earth at that time to come to know the existence and the reality of God. But it did not stop with Pharaoh. God manifest his supernatural power through you and I for the same reason, for his glory to be experienced, for his glory to be witnessed, and for he himself to be believed in. Now, one of the areas that he reveals, reveals himself is through the glory of beings. There's angelic beings and there's demonic beings. We're not going to talk on the second one today because of young years, but let's just talk about the angels. The Bible teaches us that at times we can or we do entertain angels unaware. And just sometimes God reveals to us that the being that we, had, we came in contact with was not a natural being, but a supernatural being, uh, an angel in the form of a human. I told you this before when I was a little kid. I woke up at my grandparents' house, and standing over me was about a seven-foot angel. It was white, looking down upon me, didn't see no facial figures. It was just the form of a head, shoulders, it went straight down, all white, and uh, I just rolled back over to the other side and went back to sleep, hoping it wouldn't do nothing to me. I was literally, I was like, I don't know, anywhere from five to seven years old. My grandfather told a story about how there was a, a turned over car uh, on one of the country roads in Mississippi, and it created quite a bit of commotion. It was a violent type of, of turnover, and, and, and people came out. Uh, to try to help this person who had flipped in this car. And they tried to pick the car up or just roll it back over, and they couldn't do it. And so they were fixated on this car, and out of nowhere, my grandfather said, there was this big old country man with overalls that just walked up and said, excuse me, boys. And he literally grabbed the car and flipped it on its wheels. He turned around, walked away, and all the men was kind of messing with the car, and they looked back at the man, the countryman in the overalls, and guess what? He was gone. Angels unaware. I guarantee you there's been moments and experiences in a lot of your lives where you've come into contact or had an encounter with an angel. My grandmother was praying at their church in the corner of their church. She's seen about two or three angels just hanging out up there looking over their worship service. 
And it was one of those, you know, Pentecostal get down, shake the rug, praise the Lord. Uh, if you're filling up to it, run the pew kind of Pentecostal services. I, re- I was there. I was a little kid. I remember. I remember after church, my mama saying, I saw angels tonight. I can't remember if it was two or three. She said, I saw two or three angels up in the corner of our church just looking down upon us. Hmm. You don't have to go real far to experience something new, supernatural from the God of the Bible to know that he's the real deal and there's truth to what we preach and teach. Another has to do with miracles. A short, a quick one about my son. Uh, the earth is full of miracles. Followers of Christ, full of miracles. Whether it be emotional miracles or uh, Physical healings, uh, marriage, relational miracles, financial uh, miracles. Uh, I was, when me and Lorana was was, uh, uh, youth pastors, thank you, dear. Youth pastors is our first big main main position as youth pastors. And, uh, you know, we would do anything that we could do to get kids there. And that even meant, you know, driving out into the boondocks picking kids up and bringing them to the church, or we would drive into the city. Where we lived at was kind of on the edge of the country and the edge of the city. And there is this particular family. Uh, the family uh, was basically a, a family that was involved in uh, one percenter biker, bikers, the one percenter type, and really, really rough, really hard. Uh, but we fell in love with these, their two teenage boys, and their dad was cool with us. Uh, so we would go pick these boys up, but their dad was mean. He was really mean. And just randomly, he would kick those boys out of the house, be hot, be cold, be raining, be sun- it just didn't matter, just randomly. He would just, uh, and they wouldn't fight him. He, he was a big old strong joker. And we were, we had to get these boys back home, and they lived about 45 minutes out in, out in the woods, out in the boondocks, in the, in the Missouri hills. And literally, I don't, like, I had below. Have you ever driven your car to where you're below empty? Yeah, well, this is one of those moments. When you're a youth pastor, you don't have a lot of money. And when you're picking kids up in your own car, sometimes you just go below empty. Well, I was below empty. I knew I had about 30, 40 miles to go. I knew I was going to be driving in the Missouri hills, and there was a big chance I was going to run out of gas. I'm embarrassed to say this. At this time in our life, me and Lorana had one of these Geo Metros. It was a three-cylinder car. I should never, never have done it, but I traded a sports car for that horrible thing. But it was good. It got 45 miles to the gallon. So I knew if I could just, if I could find a quarter. Now, this is when gas was a dollar, all right? So, so we put into this gas station. I rounded up like 35 cents. That night was a stormy night, one of these Midwestern stormy nights. The wind was howling. <gasps> I looked in the part in, uh, next to the gas pumps at that gas station with the wind blowing like crazy, and there was a dollar bill. It actually had flared up. Have you ever dropped a piece of flared up paper in wind? Does it fall to the ground and just stay? Have you ever dropped your receipt coming out of Walmart 
And you know, you need that receipt. And the wind hits it and takes it underneath another car. And you got to reach down and get it from under a car. Well, there was a dollar bill that was sitting there and the wind was blowing crazy. I put a dollar 35 of gas, which gave me about a, a gallon and a half. And so if you do your calculations, that's a little over 60 miles I can get out of that car. And that got me to those boys' house, to my home, which was in another part of the country. For me, that was a miracle. Because those boys, that their dad was on like a, a type of binge, and he was a mean one at that time. And we knew the boys were going to get kicked out of their house. But thank God. See, that's a miracle. I've had these little things that has happened in my life because I'm a very skeptical person. I got to see it to believe it. I've had these little things that has happened in my life where you cannot tell me that the God of the Bible is not real. I may not understand everything I read in the Bible. I might struggle with some things that I read in the Bible. But what I don't struggle with is the reality of Jehovah. The God of the Bible is the one true God. And it has occurred through the grace of God interacting with me because of his love for me in spite of my skepticism. Uh, a touch from God, a, a, another supernatural, uh, in, in the area of the supernatural power is, is a, a touch from God. Uh, God can give us touches, like literal touches. I've had this in my life. I've pastored tons of people that has experienced absolute touches from God. And let me tell you, when you experience a real legitimate touch from God, it do, you don't forget about it. It, it, it doesn't leave you. It, it sticks with you. And when you're ever struggling with doubt, and when you're ever struggling, wondering if, if, if the God of the Bible is the real God, or if some other God is the real God, or if there's just a whole bunch of gods playing some games, if you've ever been touched by God, and you go through those doubting moments and those struggles in your life, I guarantee you the Holy Spirit will bring back to thought and bring back to memory those touches from God so that your faith stays intact, so that you don't lose out on what God has for you, so you remain faithful to the Lord simply because of his touch that has happened in your life. Like You don't understand how skeptical I can be. I don't, I don't know why I'm this way, because I was brought up in a very, very, very uh, a spiritual family. But I can be extremely skeptical. And again, if it wasn't for some of the touches of God on my life, and I, honestly, I, I don't know where I would be today, because I am my, worst, my own worst enemy when it comes to my own faith. And I'm just being real with you. Like, I identify more with Doubting Thomas than I do with Hardcore Peter. 
And I don't know why, but it, it, it's, it's just the way it is in me. And God has had to do a special work in my life for me to have such a solid faith. Because my faith is so solid, like I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's real. I will go to my grave. I will die on that fact. Why? Number one, because what I see in the universe. Number two, because of his supernatural workings in my life and in other people's life. And number three is where we're going now because of other people. We can know God exists through people, other people's testimonies that we trust. I'm not talking about somebody's testimony that you, you don't know from Adam. Like I have a hard time believing those people. And I'm, again, I'm going to be real. Hope I don't upset anybody. Like, I have a hard time believing stories of people when they say, oh, I had a, I had a dream, and I went to hell, and this is what hell was going to be like. Or it's like, oh, I died, and I went to heaven, and this is what heaven is going to be like. Like, I, I'm super skeptical of that stuff. I'm like, yeah, are you just trying to sell a book or something? Because I don't know about all that. But I know people personally that I trust, and I trust their faith, and I trust their testimony. They've had an encounter with God. They've been put over hell in a vision, and they literally saw the torment. They literally had a demonic entity walk inside their room at bed. They literally experienced an audible voice from heaven speak to them. And it's these people's testimony in my life that has also cemented my faith. See, that's why your testimony is so important. Like you, you, if God does something in you, with you, and for you, that it's not just about you. My grandfather was an amazing storyteller. And he was a man that, you know, he would come and he, he, did, he did the sound in, in his church. And, he, you know, he went to the same church for years and he never became a member. He, you know, he went to church, but he wasn't really a church man. But he was a man full of faith. He walked with God and he had all these encounters with God. God miraculously healed him. God miraculously saved his property from a tornado. I mean, God miraculously gave him a, a, a fish uh, on a fishing trip. I mean, there's tons and tons. And so a part of my faith's solidity comes from the stories of my grandfather. Comes from the stories of my dad comes from a handful of men and women of God that I've come to know and therefore I've come to trust. Because, you know, maybe you're at a place in your life where you don't have enough content in your personal book of faith because maybe you're just growing and maybe you're just developing or maybe you just haven't taken big steps of faith and maybe you don't have these supernatural experiences that you can build 
build us a solid foundation on. But I guarantee you, if you get connected with a body of believers, you'll get to know people that has had encounters with God, and you will learn to trust these people. And you will realize that these people ain't quacks. They're not weirdos. They didn't eat bad pizza before that dream. <laughs> that they're good, solid men and women that love God and love Jesus, that believe in the Bible and has had encounters with the Lord that you can build your faith upon until you, be, you begin to develop your own encounters with God. See, we live in a world today, we live in a nation today where those who believe in God, the God of the Bible, is dwindling. Those involved in a community of faith is dwindling. There's a few different statistics, so I don't want to quote numbers, but looking at all the statistics, what you do see happening is the decreasing of faith in the God of the Bible here in the United States of America. There's a very large number of actual churchgoers that doesn't believe the Bible is 100% accurate. There's a large number of Christian churchgoers that have a tendency to believe that uh, God isn't just one, that there's many gods and we each uh, choose to pray to whatever God we connect with and that is going to secure our eternity. See, where we're headed as a church, not local church, but church as whole, is really scary. We have people doubting, people disbelieving, people uh, accept, and the Bible teaches that there's going to be foreign teachings, and people are accepting them. And it's so important that you and I, we come to this point in our life and we pull from whatever resource we can pull from, whether it be the resource of God creating the universe or the resource of God's supernatural power or the resource of other people's testimonies or some other resource that you go to. It's important that you and I find these resources that we go to to maintain a very solid faith in the God of the Bible. Because before we know it, the enemy sneaks in like a predator and through circumstance, through struggles and times that were vulnerable and weaknesses, he begins to plant thoughts. He begins to plant ideas that if we're not solid in our faith, 
can have a tendency to decrease our faith in God and therefore create an opening for other systems of belief to come in. Moms and dads, it's paramount that you maintain a solid faith in the God of the Bible inside your home. Your children are being taught opposite in school. Whether it be elementary school, whether it be high school, and especially college. So moms and dads, you might be the only source for solidity when it comes to your kid's faith. Again, it's another reason you bring your kids or take your kids to a solid church, not a perfect church. You will never find a perfect church. But a solid, Bible-believing, people-loving, God-seeking church. Because that church is not to replace you, moms and dads. Like, me and my pastoral team cannot replace you when it comes to your influence and you teaching your children about God in your house. But what we do is we should come in behind you and re-reinforce the solidity of God's reality inside the heart and the minds of your children. Amen? It's paramount. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks.